0: You are locked on magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: And you are indeed a locked on magic today is November 12, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip RR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll dive into some of the Magic's offensive issues and specifically focus on where Aaron Gordon is struggling just a bit, and where you know Aaron Gordon has kind of failed to take the charge, perhaps, that we'd want him to. That was a play on words. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on with the Magic's offense, how it's starting to come out of its shell a little bit and starting to play a little bit better, but also where it still needs to continue to improve. So a lot to get to here on today's episode. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you would expect from a local expert who knows their team best. Want to get the lowdown on the Philadelphia 76ers and all the injury issues that they've had. Ben Simmons still questionable for Tuesday's game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Al Horford out Tuesday, but likely to play Wednesday. Lots to get to. You can check out Locked On Sixers to get yourself set from a Sixers perspective for Wednesday's game against the Orlando Magic. You can find all these great podcasts and more, plus national podcasts and Locked On NBA and Locked On Fantasy Basketball, and NFL, MLB, College, NHL podcasts, too. You can find all these great podcasts wherever you download podcasts today, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Let's go back to Wednesday's game for just a moment. The Orlando Magic were down by one against the Dallas Mavericks. They had ever or down by two, I believe. They had three shots to take that game, to take that lead, to take that game. Down one, I believe, actually. Three shots to take that game and win it. It's a kind of moment that this team is still struggling to rise to the occasion to. Still struggling to Take that next step, that next leap, so to speak, for this group. And that's to get a result, yes. But a whole lot more than that. In this moment, the Magic turned to one of their better players. He, Aaron Gordon got the ball at the top of the key off a dribble handoff and looked to attack an aggressive play that you want to see from Aaron Gordon. And as he tried to stride through the lane, he took a little bit of a contact, a little bit of a hit, and finished at the rim. Except the officials had called it an offensive foul. The two-minute report the next day would later confirm that this was the correct call. I still think Magic fans would debate it, even though you flush it. Aaron Gordon would say after the game, 10 out of 10 times, that is an and one in his favor. The very least should have been the basket and the Magic in the lead. No matter, Orlando got a stop the next time down because the Magic's defense is pretty good. But despite Steve Clifford trying to get the team to call a timeout and apparently telling the ref he was calling timeout and not getting that reward, Aaron Gordon tried to drive again. And this time his arm came out a little bit and he got another offensive foul. It's two offensive fouls within the span of about 30 seconds. It's still early in the season, and statistics are still pretty rough. There's still some wild swings as far as, uh, as far as uh, uh, changes to, to the, to, to, you know, kind of season-long numbers that you will not see later on in the course of the year. Things haven't quite settled in yet for everyone. But this trend with Aaron Gordon, because he added another offensive foul in Friday's win over the Memphis Grizzlies. This trend is a little bit different. Aaron Gordon has an issue with charges, with offensive fouls specifically, because we, we don't know exactly what a charge is. You break it down season after season after season, or at least since Aaron Gordon became a more primary, uh, primary driver and primary creator on the perimeter, this has been a big weakness for him. You might remember when we talked a little bit about his post game, his post game was extremely rudimentary because at the, until this year, and he's shown some different post moves this year, a little bit of a turnaround, a turnaround fadeaway, which has been really nice, that, that, that he's got the footwork down on that, and he's trying to show off more hook shots, but before this year, his post move was bury his shoulder into his guy, get to the rim. Usually not a bad idea with him, but... Not the most efficient way, and that's going to get you a lot of charges, a lot of offensive fouls. Through the early part of this season, it seems like his driving strategy is the same. Try and draw a foul by getting directly into a defender's chest and try and finish over the top of them using his athleticism. While it worked a little bit in the preseason, Gordon has oftentimes gotten himself stuck. Driving too deep. Trying to get too far into the lane. doing a little too much as far as a as, as far as being a driver and uh, and just trying to initiate contact that he would end up kind of shooting a wild shot but the other negative is this a straight up turnover this year entering Sunday's game The Magic committed a total of 26 offensive fouls. Aaron Gordon had five of them. So nearly a fifth of those offensive fouls. It's still a small sample size, so let's scale it back. Last year, the Magic committed 127 offensive fouls. Gordon led the team with 34. 34. Nikola Vucevic was second on the team with 16. You expect centers to get a few of them just because guards know how to draw charges and and all that jazz. I just want to repeat that number one more time. Last year, the Magic committed, as a team, according to basketball reference, 127 offensive fouls. Aaron Gordon committed 34 of them. By far the team lead, and it's not the first time. The year before, in 2018, The Magic had 139 offensive fouls, 20 of them from Aaron Gordon. That was second on the team behind only Bismack Bionbo. So again, you expect some of this. You get the ball more in your hands, you're expected to do a little bit more, you're expected to drive a little bit more, you're expected to attack a little bit more. You're going to naturally draw more charges. For his career, Gordon is averaging 19.6 offensive fouls per year entering this season. He's around 20, and so that's going to be around the team lead. He's going to lead the he's going to lead the team at least in offensive fouls. But what I found interesting is putting this number as a function of his drives. Now I want to be clear here: when I ran these, when I'm running these numbers, or I'm about the numbers I'm about to give you here, offensive fouls, and they do not include Sunday's game because I wrote this article and did this research before Sunday's game. Offensive fouls do not always come from drives. They come in a variety of areas. The offensive foul that Gordon had at the end of the Mavericks game when he extended his arm, that second one, that was not a drive. The second spectrum defines a drive as going from 20 feet to the basket to 10 feet to the basket. That was not a drive. But I do think it's useful to compare the two numbers. To say, okay, how often are you attacking the basket, attacking the paint... And committing offensive fouls. So I do think there's correlation, not causation here. But I do think it is telling, especially when you compare him to contemporaries and to some of the better drivers. Entering Sunday's game, Gordon has not been a good driver. 20 points on 55 drives, shooting 6 for 20. He was 2 for 3 against Memphis, so he can be a little bit better. Looking at his drives, though. He had 5 offensive fouls against 55 drives to the basket. It's about 9.1%. So he will have 9 offensive fouls for every 100 drives to the basket. Roughly 9 offensive fouls for every 100 drives to the basket. I don't know, because I'm not going to run all the numbers. If someone wants to find these numbers for me, please have at it. I don't know if that is an abnormally high rate or is a league-leading rate as far as players who drive often, who drive fairly frequently. But at least this year, that ratio is higher, and again, a small sample size, than it was previous, last year. Last year, Gordon had 34 offensive fouls against 466 drives, about 7.2% ratio. So again, about 7 offensive fouls for every 100 drives. And we're talking relatively small numbers. But compare that to some of his contemporaries. James Harden last year had the most drives of any player in the league, 22 drives per game according to Second second Spectrum. He only committed six offensive fouls, a function of about 3%. Again, three offensive fouls for every 100 drives. That's that's this year. Last year, on 1,527 drives, it was called for 43 offensive fouls, so about 2.8%. High-volume driver, mind you. So let's look at guys who are probably a little more comparable to Gordon. Last year, Brandon Ingram of the Los Angeles Lakers had 525 drives with just 22 offensive fouls, a 4.2% ratio. Or Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics had 441 drives with 23 offensive fouls, a 5.2% ratio. Again, Gordon is driving more than those guys, I would say. But his ratio, on the, and this function at least, is significantly higher. In fact, at 466 drives last year, Gordon did not, you know, drove about the same amount as Tatum, and a little bit less than Ingram. And yet they're committing fewer offensive fouls. And so if you do view uh, offensive fouls as a potential result of a drive, or, or a risk of a drive, the risk of Gordon committing an offensive foul off of a drive, is greater. Now you can't look at this all in a vacuum. The numbers are not perfect, like I said. It's not causation. Offensive fouls do not come solely because of drives. And how you drive and and what you're doing matters here. So when you watch Aaron Gordon, you do have to ask, what is he doing that might lead to more of these offensive fouls? Some of it is honestly the somewhat predictable mechanical way that he moves. He has that slow-mo euro that he's very good at using in transition, but when he gets into the half court, when he gets into isolation situations, when he's trying to drive to the basket in the half court, his moves tend to be a little predictable. He tends to go to the same kind of moves, and so smart defenders are able to sit on that. Gordon also has a penchant for trying to force things, it's 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 you know again. I think Zach Lowe of ESPN.com kind of said the said what a lot of Magic fans were thinking that that there's this inner monologue, this inner battle within Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon sometimes where he should be playing more like Draymond Green as a facilitator, as an outside shooter, as a cutter, as a defender, as a fast break spark. But Gordon oftentimes wants to play the role of Kobe a dribble a dribbler, a isolation, an isolation shooter, those kinds of things. Kind of force his way to the basket by sheer will. And Gordon has the athleticism that he'll get close, honestly. I, I I think he's a fine player in that way. And there's always this tug and pull within within Gordon. And you can see it play out on the court a lot. I think he's a better offensive player, or he can be a better offensive player than Draymond Green, uh, especially off the dribble. I don't think I think Gordon's better off the dribble than Green is, but he's not Kobe. He shouldn't play like Kobe. He shouldn't act like Kobe. And sometimes that's what these drives look like: is him just trying to get to the basket by sheer force of will. And honestly, officials are human. I think Gordon has a little bit of a reputation as an offensive fouler. The bottom line is this. Aaron Gordon this year is having sort of a mixed bag of a season. His scoring is down to 13.6 points per game. It's, it's everyone's scoring is down with the, with the poor shooting the team's had. He's only shooting 27.8% from beyond the arc, which is a big step back. But his efficiency is up. 51.3% effective field goal percentage. He's shooting 46.9% from the floor. He's doing some good things. His assists are down to 2.7. Some of that a function of... Uh, Of missed shots, his rebounding is down to five and a half boards per game. So while I think Gordon is at most times playing really efficiently or much more efficiently as a shooter, the rest of his game, the rest of the Magic's game, hasn't quite come into focus. The way he played in Dallas for the first half is exactly how he needs to score off cuts, off passes, off catching the defense, snapping, off transition baskets. The way he played in in the second half and the way he played against the Indiana Pacers to some extent, where he's dribbling a lot, trying to create off the bounce, not moving the ball, that's where he gets into trouble. That's where he gets into this specific trouble. But to some extent, Gordon is right on this. Someone has to take charge of this offense at times. And that's something I think I was begging him to do in the playoffs a little bit more. Something I expected him to do a little bit better so far this year, which which again, he hasn't done, but Gordon does appear to be coming around, just like the rest of the offense. In his last... In his last five games, Gordon is averaging 17.8 points per game, shooting 56.1% from the, from the field. 21.1% from beyond the arc, so lesser there. Still 5.2 rebounds, still 2.4 assists, so he's scoring more efficient. Scoring more... Scoring more, just raw numbers of late. But the efficiency is still there for the most part. The rest of the game just has to come into place. You know, Maybe some of his shots are going to Jonathan Isaac now because Isaac kind of plays the same way where he, he gets a lot of his offense through everyone else. But really, I've said this for a while. Aaron Gordon is really the barometer of the offense. When he's getting efficient shots, when he's moving the ball, the offense plays really well when he's not that's when the magic gets stuck where they are and that's really what the magic are battling right now is how to keep the ball moving and play offense more effectively audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment including audible originals audible originals are stories created exclusively for audio including documentaries, exclusive audiobooks, and scripted shows that you can't hear anywhere else. Audible keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. You'll finish more stories when you listen with Audible and always be part of the conversation. With the convenient Audible app, you can listen anytime, anywhere, and on any device. Mobile, Alexa-enabled Bluetooth, and a whole lot more. Listen at the gym, while shopping, in the car, while traveling, Anytime you can't read, you can listen with Audible. Audible members now get more than ever before. Every month, you can choose one audiobook regardless of price as well as two Audible originals from a fresh selection. Members stay motivated and inspired with unlimited access to exclusive guided fitness and meditation programs. Sign up for free updates too from the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post delivered daily to the app. Audible members can easily exchange any title they don't love at any time. Members keep their library of listens forever, even if they cancel. Start a 30-day free trial and choose one audiobook and two Audible Originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA or text on equals NNBA to 500-500. Again, that's on equals NNBA to 500-500. I am a podcast guy. I, I I host a podcast. I love listening to things in audio format. It is a great way for storytelling of all kinds. of commentary of all kinds, and Audible has the largest library of books that you can find anywhere in, in the market. Whether you're listening to uh, some of your favorite basketball books, I know I have mine, or listening to nonfiction, I mean, honestly, or listening to fiction. Uh, honestly, I remember listening to, uh, the Harry Potter series. I got the Harry Potter. I got the first four books of the Harry Potter series for my bar mitzvah, and listening to an audiobook was nothing but pure joy. Uh, they, they really bring the stories to life. So I cannot uh, suggest. I cannot recommend checking out Audible and finding your story that you want uh, want as much as you can, as much as you can. Uh, remember, you can find all. You can find this deal on Audible.com/slash NBA or text. Locked on equals NBA to 500-500 to get this great, great deal.
0: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: So, where do the Magic stand offensively today? As I've just mentioned over the last 15 or so minutes, Aaron Gordon's really struggled. I think a lot of us expected him to take more reins over the offense. And while his his shooting, on the mid-range at least, seems to be a lot better, there are still a lot of holes in his game. I don't think, through 10 games at least, Gordon hasn't taken the step up that we all expected. And frankly, the biggest issue that the Magic face at this juncture of the season is their best players aren't playing the way the Magic need them to play, Nikola Vucevic hasn't looked like an All Star. He's finally starting to round into form. Terrence Ross hasn't hit the shots that that he hit last year at, at a rate that's acceptable at all. He's shooting sub thirty percent from beyond the beyond the arc, if I'm not mistaken. D.J. Augustin's fallen off a little bit. Evan Fournier's been pretty consistent and solid offensively. Um, you know, perhaps looking for his own shot a little bit too much, but you can see though that everything for this Magic team always turns back to that. The ability to pass and move the ball. The ability to create cuts and create movement off the ball. You go back and look look at Sunday's game. The first half was perfect ball movement. It was about as good as the Magic had played offensively all year. And, and that was still one of the Magic's best offensive games, despite what I'm about to say here in a moment. The Magic have had four of their five best offensive games in their last four games. So, I think it's safe to say... I mean, again, they hit 15 threes against the Pacers. It's safe to say that the Magic's offense, while not clean and, and not great, is starting to come out of its shell a little bit. And I do think that I do think once that happens, and, and the Magic's defense is good enough, um, it wasn't good enough Sunday, but it's relatively good enough, I do think once that happens, the Magic will start picking up wins. It's why I'm not overly concerned. Now, granted... This Magic team cannot lose games when they shoot when they make 15 threes. That, that just absolutely cannot happen. And so the Magic let one go that they needed to have because offense is still going to be hard to come by. For this team, offense is a struggle. And, and as I noted yesterday, they're still searching for a consistent way to play to score enough points to win games. Because like I've said throughout the season, their defense is good enough that it will give them a chance to win almost every game. Sunday was just the second time this year the Magic didn't have a lead in the fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken. So they've had a chance, and and they still had a chance to win that game. So really, the Magic had a chance to win every game that they played except for that game against the Milwaukee Bucks. But what is it going to take for the Magic to get where they need to go? Well, Orlando right now is one of the lowest assist teams in the league. Again, some of that is a function of them missing shots. They're Not moving the ball effectively enough. They're not getting into the lane effectively enough. And you can see when the magic gets stuck. When they're dribbling too much. As Steve Clifford said, I think last week, sometimes you got to move the ball just to move the ball. Just to get the defense moving. If you try to isolate, if you try to over-dribble, if you probe too much, the defense isn't actually moving. They're not actually loosening up space for someone to attack or to cut or to get a shot. And so a big thing for this Magic team is simply that. Keeping the ball moving. Orlando has a lot of positive indicators with their offense. It's not just the last five games. Orlando is 8th in the league in potential assists. That's, you know, essentially shots that could be assists. So it doesn't speak to the quality of their shots. They're shooting... Virtually the same amount of wide-open shots. Maybe they're not getting the same corner three-pointers that they were last year, and they certainly aren't. But they're still shooting good shots for the most part and just shooting an abysmally low percentage on them. They've still got the second-most paint touches in the league. And as Zach Lowe, FSP.com, pointed out, you know who knows how productive those paint touches actually are, but theoretically, Orlando is getting in the lane and getting the defense to react in some way. What the Magic are really struggling right now with right now is their movement just isn't always natural. Orlando's big struggle at this point is that the movement is labored. The passes aren't crisp. Right? I do still think that is a big issue for this team. Their passes just are not on point. The ball stops too much. And eventually, someone just tries to freelance and go at it on their own. I can tell you one thing. I'm not sure exactly how the Magic need to play to loosen up this offense, but that ain't it. That's not going to get the job done. And so Orlando has to find ways to move the ball. They're going to beat teams with the pass. They're going to beat teams with motion and cutting. They're going to beat teams because their defense is going to generate some fast break points. And the offense has got to be methodical. It's, you know, I think Clifford said last week, the team's executing fine or they're running through their motions and their set's fine. It's when they actually have to play and kind of create a little bit, that they're struggling. And again, I, I that might seem contradictory, but you can create without over dribbling. And again, that's where the magic gets stuck. Is when they over dribble, they can't make force the defense into decisions, into help. And that's where you beat teams. You beat teams when you force them to make decisions. Do I leave my man to help? Do I crash the paint? What you know? How do I get? How do I get back out to my man in time uh, to, to stop this drive? That's, it's, it's really simple. It's not necessarily about one-on-one action. Like, you know, you watch Damian Lillard. He puts stress on the defense because he gets into the paint, not necessarily looking to score, but just by forcing others to defend him. Orlando is going to have a tough time to score all year. I don't anticipate their offense will be much better than the kind of offense that they had last year. No doubt, for those looking at trades and thinking about the future of this team, the Magic need to build some offense. They need to find some offense somewhere. They need to find a creator. I mean, again, maybe it's Markel Fultz. Uh, I think the numbers would probably support that Markel Fultz is a positive for this team. And they need to ramp up his minutes at some point. Uh, Right now, it feels like his minutes are where they are because of health. Because they're just kind of keep monitoring his health and and, kind of... You know, slowly ramping him up. It's, it seems like it's part of a plan, and I'm not going to question that plan. Um, you know, I, I think that if the coach says his minutes are where they are because the, the team feels it's medically necessary at the moment, then that's where they should stay. I want, I want him to blast until April. And again, I would argue that, you know, while this team is trying to win, and I think there will come a time when, when maybe Clifford has to break those rules, we are not at that time yet. Um, you know, there's still some long-term planning that has to be done here. But Orlando has to find a way to break down defenses. And it's got to come through the pass. The pass will create the open looks that will eventually fall, are, are starting to fall. The offense is coming around. But Orlando's got to stay committed to what they're doing, to what they're running. They can't get frustrated. They can't give in to some of these bad habits. You know, honestly... I look at the way the Magic had played offensively. And for the most part, I don't see selfishness. When players are trying to force things, you know, I see them trying to do right by the team. It, the guys who are trying to force things are the guys the Magic need to force things sometimes. The Magic just don't have a guy that's going to do that consistently, certainly not effectively. And for the most part, I would say players who. No, they don't have it on a particular night. Take the back seat when they need to. You know, I give Evan Fournier a lot of credit. I know, I know he went 0-7 against Oklahoma City, but he took shots when he was open. But after he missed his first two or three shots, he kind of scaled back on his aggression. And I thought he made good decisions to, keep, to try and keep the ball moving and try and keep the team in that game. Now, obviously, the Magic... Need a scoring Evan Fournier. That's that's really important to this team. Orlando is slowly figuring this all out. They are rounding into form. I I do see light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to this offense, but there's still going to be nights where they struggle. There's still going to be quarters. There's still going to be moments when they struggle, especially as Steve Clifford still tries to fine-tune his rotation and find the right combination of guys that will keep that offensive level consistent throughout the game. It took... Clifford, a long time to do that last year. And he's still figuring it out this year. So, I mean, again, either, you either trust that he'll figure it out or you don't. He will have to figure it out at some point. I mean, results do matter here. I mean, these are games the Magic cannot get back and games the Magic need. And in 3-7, Orlando's got to start picking up wins or they'll fall behind. They're not out of it yet. They're still very much in this thing. The East is not running away with it. The team that's in eighth has four wins. So they're far from out of this. It's far from over. But yeah, the Magic have to start rounding into form, and it's going to have to come offensively because their defense can only carry them so far, and their defense has seen some slippage lately. You know, perhaps a day, a day off and a day of practice will tighten up that defense before a big game against Philadelphia, but their defense has slipped a little bit. And that cannot happen because the offense just isn't going to carry them. It's only going to be able to do just enough because this team has to work really, really hard offensively just to remain competitive. Before we sign off today, Audible again has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. You can choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash locked on NBA.
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places all the podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at Philip R underscore Omni. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Wright. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.
0: You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.